Well, it's time to talk about one of the juiciest headlines in football world right now. The Champions League Final. You know, most of the times the Champions League Final will be the main talking point for months, maybe two months, until the Premier League, La Liga, Syria, and other like Bundesliga, French League will start. It's always the most interesting, the most captivating thing in football, apart from transfer window. But this time, this time, it wasn't even a week. Four days after the Champions League final, I do in my podcast right now, and it's not the biggest headline in football. Because the biggest headline football world right now is the fact that Lionel Messi might actually leave Barcelona. And that's a mind-blowing podcast in itself, and we're going to talk about it probably tomorrow. Maybe with my Barcelona friend supporters, or maybe just me. I will prepare, I will get some information that we know right now, my opinion. You can expect pretty big, interesting podcast. But for now... Let's focus on a very interesting match that some people claim was boring, some people claim was really disappointing, like last year's Champions League final, which I thought both of them were really interesting, in a different ways, but also in a similar ways, because I wasn't disappointed with Liverpool beating Tottenham in a 2-0 match, it wasn't 4-0 like Barcelona or 3-0 against Ajax. Yeah, it was a different type of match. Obviously, as a Liverpool fan, I was really, really hyped. And I expected, of course, as a lot of people, 3-2 match. But I always knew that it's probably going to be 1-0, 2-0, 2-1 type of match. And I was right. I was right. It wasn't as high-intensity, high fast-paced match as some people expect it to be it was very tactical it was very interesting to look at from a different point of view same happened here it it was high you know high intensity fast pace it was very very interesting when it comes to tactics because we all expected that Bayern Munich would go with their typical high pressing and it did happen what the Tuchel did, he decided to get rid of two strikers like he normally would do. He decided to go with three midfielders so they could control the pace of the match and they can actually do what a lot of clubs try to do, you know, long balls and fast counterattacks. And it actually worked because PSG were really good until... One problem came in, and we're going to talk about this problem a little bit later. But what Bayern did was actually very impressive too. They watched Leipzig game, so they never, well, at least they tried to never leave Mbappe alone because he is the most dangerous player in the squad of uh, PSG. And unfortunately for PSG fans, he was quite, quite rubbish tonight. Oh, well. Four nights ago, he was not clinical enough. He was not ready for this type of pressure, maybe, even though he was good in the World Cup final. Here, 
with PSG, it just wasn't his game. But um, what happened that happened? You know, I really thought that Bayern Munich will slap PSG. It's going to be a two, three goals thriller, but it wasn't. But even though there was not a lot of goals, only one, the intensity of this match was quite something because not every game had this type of effect on you. When you look at what happened on the screen and you feel the pressure yourself, you look at what's happening and you feel like you are shaking while watching this game. It was really quite something because at first 20 minutes, I would say, it was all for all game. You know, Mbappe had his moment that he wasted. Lewandowski had his moment because of Alfonso Davis. And we're going to talk about this man a little bit. Obviously, Lewandowski didn't score. He hit the post. And this type of situation was very showing how Bayern Munich had one of the best wingers in professional football right now. Because it's like a dream to have Alfonso Davis. He is going so far in attack that PSG, even though they tried to control the game, they now they now have to do what they did all match, but now even more intensely. Because what PSG did, they tried to play lower with, uh, with a lot of defenders in the back. So it doesn't matter. It wasn't three, it was five, it was six, and then we're trying to go for a fast, long ball. Great. But this time, you have Kerr, who needs to be very cautious about what he's doing because he has common. But also, you have Alfonso Davis that has an opportunity to go even further than he normally could have. Do his typical thing, cross it, and PSG doesn't have a backup. That's what they were lacking because of this whole tactical genius of both coaches, you know. When this cross came in from Alfonso Davis, it was all for all because there was nobody in behind who could have helped Thiago Silva or any other defender like Kimpembe because there was Lewandowski, there was Müller, there was Komen, and they needed to fight against those three. And if they would miss him, which they did, they have an open goal, near open goal. That happened with Lewandowski. He got a cross from Alfonso Davis and he nearly scored. And you would think, well, Davis is a key. Well, he could have been a key and he was very good. But it's his first Champions League final. And it was obvious that he was nervous. It was obvious that Gnabry was nervous. It was obvious that Davis was nervous and maybe... One or two more players were visibly nervous. Others like Kimmich or Lewandowski were not really nervous. They were, okay, whatever. It's a Champions League final. We've already been here. Or we know we're capable of playing on this type of level. They, on the other hand, were nervous. And PSG could have taken such a big advantage of them being nervous. They were lucky because Gnabry was quite meh at the first half you know 
he couldn't create a lot of chances, he was off his game, he couldn't pass, he couldn't do some stuff. Davis, on the other hand, was good, but he was cautious. And this cautiousness led to him getting a yellow card, because Kerr just played a little simple trick on him, Davis panicked, fouled, got a yellow card. And if PSG were actually, I don't want to say smart enough, were actually looking forward to get rid of their tactics for one more moment and go for it, which is something that they tried to do in the second half, but Davis was already calmed down by Flick, I would say. They wasted the perfect opportunity to get another yellow card to Alfonso Davis and get rid of one of the most dangerous players in the squad in terms of creating a chance because of his pace, because of his position, because of this everything. They wasted this opportunity and they definitely bite it there in the ass. And I already touched the subject of Mbappe being not really good at this game. He was wasting a lot of opportunities. We all remember Herrera giving him a near open goal, you know. They had a 1-2, 1-2. Here's, you need to just score. It was a bad shot. And Neuer, the man would be, without a doubt, should talk about number one in Germany last season me and my friends and technically this season too we're talking about how Tostegen should be number one goalkeeper it was very weird that you get rid of all old guys in Germany squad but you still keep someone like Neuer who is quite an old guy too who should give number one shirt to Tostegen who was brilliant for Barcelona who was so great, but maybe it was a right call because this season Tashegin made quite a few mistakes, but also Neuer picked up some incredible pace. If you seen the season of Bundesliga, you would say, damn, he is good. If you watch this game, you would say, damn, he's incredible because he hadn't had, you know, some mind-blowing saves apart from one where Neymar tried to shoot once, it got into got into Neymar once again, he shoot one more time, but Neuer in mid-air stretched himself and still deflected the ball. That was mind-blowing save, but everything else was quite normal. You know, you still have your ninth where you can shoot some incredible goals if you have this quality, but if you're trying to go for a simple shot like, uh, like Mbappe did, you will not be able to score because this man is a fucking machine. This man is a fucking wall. And you need to be reckoned with this. There's also one more man that I would like to talk about a little bit later on. At first I want to say, speaking on behalf of Bappe and PSG, they had a lot of moments. Five or six that you would say, oh, they are pretty good moments you can score. And two, maybe even three that you would be like, yeah. You should score it. If you want to win the Champions League, you should score this. How did they waste all of them? Not most of them, but literally all of them. Well, it was because they were too nervous, I would assume. And 
they decided before they're gonna give this final pass, before they're gonna give this sharp, dangerous pass, they wasted a couple of seconds, and because of this, Bayern defenders were already there, you know, they're already blocking this pass, they're already near Mbappe, near Neymar, near Di Maria, they're already blocking them, and this couple of seconds, you know, one, two, three seconds that they are wasting, become critical. As we clearly saw with Bappe and Neymar, you are not clinical enough in this game, like you should do, sh like you should be if you're willing to win Champions League. But also this, oh, I, 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 I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. You know, okay, here, here's my pass, and it's it. This type of mentality costed them at least three one hundred percent goals, and at least three more. That could have been a goal. So, um, yeah, sucks to be them. But obviously, they didn't have a mentality. They didn't have uh, enough experience. That's something that they were lacking, without a doubt. And we're gonna talk it. We're gonna talk about Neymar in particular. But he is not the man that I was willing to talk about. The man that I was willing to talk about was Kinsley Common. The guy who won, like, what, 20 trophies and he's not even 25? Danny Alves, you need to be careful. This man, this man is going for your trophy record. And, yeah, he was quite lucky that he played for Bayern Munich, PSG, uh, Juventus, all big clubs that are all are winning their leagues, some um, cups, maybe even Champions League like this time. But, um, I didn't really rate him after his last injury. The man gets a lot of injuries, but this time, when he came back, I talked to my friend and I said, why is he on the pitch? Like, it was Barcelona game and, um, who did they play? And Leon game, yeah. He was wasting a lot of opportunities. It was clear to see that he is not sharp enough. It was clear to see that he is making mistake when he is touching the ball. You know, his first touch was from time to time awful. Just just bloody awful. And he scored the goal against the, the club that he went to the academy that raised him, basically. And it was a great um, tactical decision because I already talked about Kerr being very cautious about Coleman and needed to always look back, trying to see if he didn't leave him alone, didn't leave him enough space to create a moment. But also it was a great mental attack because, hey, here's your academy guy. He doesn't give a shit. He will score. He will celebrate because he's happy where he's right now and he doesn't care about where he's been. He only cares about winning this goddamn trophy. And it... And it, and it worked, you know, he scored his goal, even though some people jumped on Caribbean, oh, how could you let him score this header? It was Paradise fold. He, he was playing for like 20 minutes, some invisible football, being afraid to go forward, he was playing his little square. It was a tactical decision, but from time to time, you need to go further, you need to press someone else. You know, the man with the ball, so he couldn't create a chance. Not staying a couple of meters behind him, not trying to press him, and leaving so much space. 
That was the reason why he got substituted because he completely misunderstood the game. You know, he didn't read the mood. He couldn't understand what he's supposed to do. And in the first goal, it was all his fault. He didn't press Kimmich. He crosses in. And if the ball would would have stopped a little bit earlier, Lewandowski was there, you know, if it fell short. If it went like it went, Coleman was there and Kerr just couldn't do shit. He was stuck in a position where he couldn't win, unfortunately for this man. And Coleman, who I didn't raid, who I was thinking like was lacking first touch, lacking maybe a little, little bit of uh, pace, something that he is well known for before last two years I was saying Bayern Munich he was well known for being just a just a very fast guy now he's much more smarter he's capable of doing a lot of stuff that he that he learned in a couple of years because even three years before two years doubtably he he's barely was able to do cross in the 11 you know opponents 11 now he's doing some incredible stuff again I didn't rate him when he came back after the injury because he came back after the injury. He wasn't sharp enough. He proved me wrong in this match and it was the biggest match of his career. So fair enough, you know, fair bloody enough. I guess we should talk about the penalty as well or why there was no penalty. Do I agree with this? Well, first of all, in the first half, uh, Coleman. Could have had a penalty because Kerr had his arms on common shoulders and if you have arms on the shoulder or on the body of your opponent it's a fall the problem here was that common definitely writes something here you know he definitely i don't want to say he dived completely because it's not true but he he added a lot of things to this touch because yeah he touched you but you fly like 20 meters after this well over exaggeration but you get the point so i agree that this shouldn't have been a penalty the penalty on Bappe, on the other hand is much more questionable because if we're gonna look closely you can make a lot of arguments that it should be or it shouldn't be a penalty because oh he definitely touched his leg. He definitely didn't have an opportunity to get to the ball first. So it should be a penalty. Fair enough. But when you look closer, Bappe's leg wasn't on the floor when he double-touched the ball and touched Kimmich's leg. He couldn't control the ball. He couldn't go further. His leg wasn't on the floor, how I said before, like it was with Messi and Koulibaly which was a 100% penalty, so you can make an argument that this is not a penalty. And uh, I would put a penalty here, maybe. It's a very, very difficult decision because, as I already said, it's a 50-50. You have some reasons why it should be a penalty, you have some reasons why it should not be a penalty. It's a dodgy situation. Peace defense will say it's a disgrace. Bayern Munich fans will say great refereeing. Uh, neutrals will be questioning this decision. And I am questioning this decision. 
I see why it should have been a penalty. I see why it shouldn't have been a penalty. And I think this Italian referee decided that, okay, unless it's a clear penalty, we're probably not going to give it. We already haven't given this to PSG. We're not going to give it... Oh, we already never, haven't given it to Bayern. We're not going to give it to PSG now. So, I guess fair enough. And after this... You know, obviously, Bayern Munich scored. And it was time to go from the system that they were playing to the more attacking. But also, it's time to make substitutions. And who should you put? Chungus, Chungus, Chungus? Or Icardi? Obviously not Icardi. And that's a very, very interesting decision. Because obviously, Chungus, 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 Chungus... I'm going to call him like this because he has a very, very, very hard last name for me that I'm really struggling to pronounce. So Chungus, Chungus, Chungus will be a replacement for him. Uh, yes, he did score against Atalanta. He was nearly man of the match in the eyes of many at this match against Atalanta. But if you have Icardi on your bench... You should probably use him because the man is quality. He's a dickhead, but when it comes to being a footballer, he's a quality footballer. Now you can uh, raise your eyebrows and have a lot of questions why he didn't put him on the field. Does Tuchel have some sort of vendetta against him? Is he not 100% ready? Does Tuchel doesn't trust in the lone guys? Or is there any other reason? We don't know. We we can assume. Because knowing Icardi's best, you can assume maybe he has some already uh, dressing room hit on him. Maybe he did something stupid and because of this he wasn't allowed to play. Maybe he's still injured and he can't play. Maybe something else happened. Again, we don't know. We can only assume. But you know what I thought funny was? When I was looking at the game and Neymar had an opportunity to score, he was trying to get a penalty. So he was going forward, he, Mbappe gave him a great pass behind everyone's back. And Neymar ran to the ball on his tippy-tippy toes and he left his... How how should I put it like this? Back foot, other foot, so you would understand. So one foot goes further. Another one, though, goes to the back. And he tries to find contact. He tries to find someone like... Uh, it was Zule, I'm pretty sure. No, it was Alaba. It was Alaba behind him. So he could touch his leg and fall down and, you know, say it's a penalty. When he realized that it's not going to happen, he turned around and gave this weak shot that was dangerous, but it wasn't as dangerous as it could have been. You know who could have scored this, or at least tried to do everything in his power to make this so dangerous that it's going to be near goal situation? Cavani. And oh my god, the fact that Cavani... 
their best goal scorer in the history of the club, been thrown away, haven't used the entirety of this time. I know he has his falls and outs with Neymar, with the coach, with the club himself, but he's a legend. And he was the player that you without a doubt needed at this type of game, especially if you're not going to use Icardi. And how I said, looking at the match after like 70th minute, Cavani would be near incredible in this situation because he would have created one chance. He would have had one chance to square it. And instead of Mbappe, instead of Neymar, I have trust that he would have scored at least one goal. That's a very, very ironic situation. And life is a bitch. You not treat the man how he should have been treated. You have your falls and out with Neymar. You know, you decide to give Neymar a golden crown instead of your best goal scorer. Life gonna say fuck you. And your first Champions League final that you got because of the very good draw. You got, you got fucked by life. And you know, PSG defense. don't get me wrong. You're finally going in the right direction. I already, I'm pretty sure I already touched this subject, but uh, I'm gonna do it again. Lately, you've been using your brain. I'm, of course, talking about the PSG higher-ups. Tuhill... Find, find the right language with Neymar and Bappe with the star players. And they are playing for the team, finally. He also somehow talked with the higher-ups. And he told them that you don't necessarily have to buy top star players. You have to buy hard-working guys. Like Herrera, Gaia from Everton. Herrera, obviously, from Manchester United. And you can use them, and they're going to be actually more positive for the team than the top, you know, high stars. And um, it's clearly worked out for PSG. They became balanced. They finally uh, found a language inside the team. There's no hierarchy. There's Neymar Mbappe. Here comes Danny Elvis. And then everybody else who's not good enough. Now... Now, it seems like, of course, there's Neymar, but every other single, every other person in the team can find the, the language where they can actually be good on, you know, they can find this chemistry, that's what I'm trying to say. And, and the fact that they got to the Champions League final is showing that this strategy is working. Also, we need to be understanding that the draw that you got, PSG fans, PSG, was very easy for you. And you haven't faced an actually quality club, quality with history, with an opportunities like Bayern Munich, like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool. Because you've been getting slapped in, you know, early stages of Champions League because you were getting teams like Real Madrid, Barcelona... And so on and so on. Now, for the first time you faced this type of team, it was the final. So, 
without a doubt, you got a lucky draw. Without a doubt, your system that you're trying to build now is working with by not only top stars, but also quality, hardworking players. So keep it up and maybe you're going to find success sooner than a lot of haters would love it to happen. But we have to talk about one man. The man who cried, cried, cried a lot. And can you blame him? I guess yes, but really, you shouldn't. But I'm going to blame him for the other stuff. I'm going to talk about Neymar. When you look at Mbappe after the game, he didn't really cry a lot. He was really disappointed. He was devastated. But he knew that PSG is not going to be his last club. He knew that it's not going to be his last Champions League final. We don't know for sure, but we can guess. He's one of the most, well, I would say he's the best young player. He's the brightest star of France, possibly. And he's the future of football. And um, he was obviously disappointing, especially with his performance, but he knew it's not the end of the world and he's going to have another opportunity and another opportunity, hopefully. Neymar, on the other hand, was crying, and not only because he lost the Champions League final, but maybe because he realized that next season he's going to be, what, 29, 30? 29, I'm pretty sure. He is in a position where he's in a golden cage. He's He has the best opportunity to do some five-star FIFA, you know, moves. To do some incredible freestyle. But how my great friend said, he's a great freestyler. He's not going to be a legend of football. He's a great player he's never gonna be in the echelon that he had potential to be and now he realizes the fact that he wasted his prime years of his career not for Barcelona not for other club that he would possibly want to play because I remember a couple of years ago he said that every player should play in the Premier League it's the best league and he would love to play there Obviously, I don't think he would fit in there, but if we would imagine he would go to United, City, Liverpool, you know, this type of club, who knows how his career would have turned. But he realized that he wasted his prime years of career in PSG. I said before, great opportunity to be a star, to be the best player in the league, to do some Incredible moves, but when it comes to fighting in the Champions League, fighting for the actual trophies that are respected worldwide, here comes a struggle. And I guess right now he has a struggle of realization that he maybe will never win the Champions League again. I think, without a doubt, he's not going to win another, well, well, first Ballon d'Or in his career, because if PSG going to win the Champions League, probably Mbappe should get the Golden Ball. If there is a discussion who who going to win the, uh, the World Cup, 
probably is gonna be France and only then Brazil. And if Mbappe will leave, well, PSG suddenly becomes way weaker than they originally were. And that's why the rumors are saying that PSG actually are willing to get rid of Neymar, but they are not willing to get rid of Mbappe. They are willing to, to make him the highest player in football history, you know, highest paid football player in history, only because they see so much talent, only because they know that he's the future and already the present. When Neymar has his last years of football, of being a great football, and then he's going to become a good football footballer. I guess that's scary when he realized that. I guess that's why he couldn't hold back the tears plus the effect of losing the final. And you might say that, no, 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 look at Messi, look at Ronaldo, look at some other players. They are 33, 34, and they're still playing on the top level. And yes, maybe it's going to be the situation with Neymar, but I would doubt it. First of all, he's a Brazilian, and Brazilians are keen to end their career earlier than others, even though we can have, you know, Fernandinho and Thiago Silva, the opposite examples. But they are more of a defensive player. When it comes to attacking players, we already remember Ronaldinho or Rivaldo, you know, or Ronaldo, who for one reason or another had to end their career sooner they should have. Ronaldo injuries, you know, uh, Ronaldinho parties, and this type of lifestyle. And this type of lifestyle is very common to Neymar. So I would expect that we have three, four more years of Neymar, and then, and that's it. And this four years, do I believe he's gonna win Ballon d'Or? No. Champions League? With PSG? If they're going to go with the strategy that they are going now, maybe they have a chance. But if I'm honest, not really. We talk a lot about PSG. We should say congratulations to Bayern, I would say. They, they perform an amazing style of football. The best style of football in football... Right now, the best they've been this year, without a doubt. I would say they are the best team in Europe. And it's hard to say when you're a Liverpool supporter, but we need to be honest. They are an incredible side. They are fucking incredible. Everybody wish to have at least three players from Bayern Munich in your team. It doesn't matter would be Lewandowski, Kimmich, you know, Davis or Miller... Coman, Coutinho, it doesn't matter. Thiago, you know, it doesn't matter because they have an incredible squad. They have an incredible team morale. And when Fleet came in, you know, as I said before, I was a supporter of Kovac as a manager, but I was, I knew why they had to get rid of him because even though he bring Gnabry more to the team, Coleman more to the team, replace Robin and Ribery, still won the Bundesliga. He wasn't performing as Bayern Munich's higher-up expected him to be. When Flick came in, let's be honest, not a lot of us knew who he was. 
maybe heard that he was a love uh, helper, you know, in German squad. He was a second or third coach there. Or maybe, you know, he was playing for German squad once in in long, long time ago. But he came into the team that ha- that had everything. They are young. Some of them, most of them, and other are get into the prime or in the prime. They have the mentality, they have the experience, apart from a couple of players who are very young but very talented, and they have the talent. So he came into the team where he couldn't fail, but he brings something to this squad that a lot of coaches wouldn't bring. And it's hard to say what. Is this believe in the selves? Uh, the self-belief, let's put it like this. Is this the belief in the older guys? Is this this formation? Is this some sort of mentality? I don't really know. Obviously, the physical activities you could clearly see with Katinia, with especially Goretzka, they became much more muscular. They became much more stronger. And that's one of the reasons why, but... He brought something else, and in one season, he became the special one. He won the treble, and PSG did too, so fair enough. They could have won quadruple, that would have been incredible, but... Winning a treble is something that only special coaches can do. And in one year, he wrote his name in the history, not only of Bayern Munich, but also the Champions League, because... They won every single game in the Champions League. Zero losses, zero draws, only wins. This is incredible. And the fact that he was able to achieve this in his first season is mind-blowing. Will he achieve this heights ever again? Who knows? Maybe he's going to be like Zinedine Zidane. Three Champions Leagues in a row, another treble... Another Bundesliga without, you know, breaking a sweat? Maybe. Or maybe it was one year wonder. We'll only have to wait and see because right now, Bayern Munich is the best team in the world. And that's undoubtable. Thank you guys for listening this near 40 minute description of uh, Champions League final. My review, well, basically my opinion and my hot take and everything that happened. Uh, Next podcast, without a doubt, will be on Lionel Messi's situation, how I said before. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening, guys, and goodbye.